I have really enjoyed studying our faith and sharing this knowledge with you as I am growing in my faith walk. We are growing in our faith walk together. I have a little bit of information that I'd like to share tonight. Um, something that I wrote while in adoration. It was the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time. It is my wish that you may be found rich in the harvest of justice, which Jesus Christ has ripened in you, to the glory and praise of God. I rejoice in you greatly, and your pattern of true love has rightly helped me, and those on the way who that are still in chains. Prepare yourself in faith and in truth. Put aside empty talk. All obey him. All who refuse to believe must answer to God by the blood of his Son. Abstain from false witness. Never return evil for evil. Do not judge. Be merciful. Be forgiving. The amount that you measure toward others will be measured out to you. This is one of my favorite melodies. It's written within the Divine Office, volume number four. Its title is Yatindam 46. The text is done by Edwin Hatch, 1835 to 1889. The music by H.E. Woolridge, 1845 to 1917. But I'm gonna read it instead of singing it. And my dear friend Ronnie, who has since passed um, used to read this to us all the time in Bible study in Lexio Divina. Breathe on me, breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love the things you love and do what you would do. Breathe on me, O breath of God, until my heart is pure, until with you I have one will to live and to endure. Breathe on me, O breath of God, my soul with grace refine until my earthly part of me glows with your fire divine breathe on me O breath of God so I shall never die but live with you the perfect life in your eternity were not our hearts burning inside as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us Within the Catechism of the Catholic Church in chapter one, we read, only in God will man, woman, find the truth and happiness they are searching for. Man cannot fully live according to the truth unless he freely acknowledges that love entrusts himself to his creator. Number 29, Catechism of the Catholic Church. Religious ignorance, care for the riches of this world, scandal of bad example on the part of believers, currents of thought hostile towards religion, attitude of sinful man which makes him hide from God out of fear and flee his call. This search for God demands every effort of intellect a source, a sound will, an upright heart, 
a witness to others who teach him to seek God. Number 33, the soul, the seed for eternity we bear in ourselves can only have its origins in God. Number 44, man lives a full human life only if he is living fully by his bond with God. Number 45, when I am completely united to God, there will be no more sorrow or trials, entirely full of you, and I am complete, St. Augustine. Number 49, without the Creator, the creature vanishes. Christ urges us to bring the light of the living God to those who do not know him, to those who regret him. And I really believe in my heart, this is why I'm called to do this podcast, is to touch those souls that have found themselves in circumstances of great scandal, great disbelief, just great loss of not knowing the Creator and by knowing Him and studying Him and being united to Him, He can change their life. I also want to share with you a book um, that was given to me on loan from a dear friend of mine, Alan. And I took the book with me to adoration for an hour and I took some notes that I thought were helpful to share with all of us tonight. The book is titled The Reforming of Renewal by Father Benedict Groeschel, Compucian Friar. It was copyrighted in 1990. Claire accepted charism of Francis according to a very distinguished scholar, Regis Armstrong. Claire did not have extraordinary experiences like her guide, Francis. She changed religious life for women to enter into the church. Between Francis's death and Claire's death, she was and is a living witness that strongly shaped the consciousness of the Franciscan family. Claire became a creative innovator of religious life in the church. Women of the 60s and 70s have freshness and vitality of youth, although they bear the scars from the period of difficult transition. Life of St. Clair, they are surprised fascinated by something new and vital, the call of grace, the call to conversion and reform. If you are interested in reform or renewal, a new start, a step away from deadly controversy, from endless meetings that go nowhere, from denial and pretense, then you may be interested in possibly entering into the form of the renewal. On page 20, any relationship with the living God always leads to tension and conflict, failure and the repentance and reform, then to holiness and renewal. 
we have to remember that we, we just can't expect to just accept everything until we have thoroughly studied scripture and studied the life of the saints to really delve deeply into becoming holy Jesus Christ did not hesitate to warn his followers to undo the effects of persistent destructive tendencies. This process is called repentance and reform, essential psychological process of Christian life, constant repentance and regretful acknowledgement of sin, two essential components of the Christian life. The Gospel of St. John is all about repentance and reform, chapter 1. 15 to 27, page 25, along with the saints, there are those who are willing to listen and who hear the call to a more sincere and total obedience to God. The perfect example is the French Carmelite St. Teresa of Lisieux. She caught the fire and absolution of the gospel. And I think she's a powerful saint for us to learn more about. Ex Cathedra. The definition of ex cathedra, according to EWTN, is the explicit and final doctrinal judgment given by the Pope relating to faith and morals. <clears throat> In the book titled Catholic Catholicism, excuse me, for dummies, chapter 6, page 79, Who's Who in the Catholic Church, pronouncement from the Pope are considered infallible teachings. The only two ex-cathedra pronouncements in 2,000 years have been the dogmas of the Immaculate Conception in 1854 and the Assumption in 1950, when the Pope teaches ex-cathedra. He's exercising his universal authority as supreme teacher of a doctrine on faith and morals, and he is capable of error. In the Catholicism for Dummies, page 231, the Immaculate Conception of Jesus, page 231, Luke 139 to 56, Mary first meets the archangel Gabriel, who announces to Mary that she is to conceive and bear a son and name him Jesus. Mary at that moment gives her free consent, let it be done unto me according to your word. Luke 138, the Holy Spirit overshadows her, right then and there Mary becomes pregnant while engaged but before she marries Joseph. He plans to divorce her quietly rather than expose her to the law. He erroneously concludes Mary was unfaithful as his fiance and got pregnant through another man. Then an angel in a dream tells Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife because it was the power of the Holy Spirit that she conceived not through sexual contact with a man. Joseph fears all are alleviated, and he realizes that Mary remained a virgin, so he takes her as his wife. The Assumption of Mary. EWTN shares this. St. Thomas Aquinas on the subject of the corruption of faith which occurs when someone has a false opinion concerning those things which pertain to the faith. Bishop Fessler of Sankt Polten, Austria, wrote a tract translated in English in 1875, 147 years ago, titled The True and False Infallibility of the Popes. 
the limitations of papal infallibility and his reply commended by Pope Pius IX on the view of Catholic theologians declared doctrine on faith and morals to be an integral part of the truth necessary <coughs> to salvation revealed by God. The Swiss bishop, June of 1871, in a matter of faith and morals, a definition which has to be accepted and held as obligatory by all the faithful. It is a revelation given by God, the deposit of faith. Father E. de Blanche, 1923, defines ex cathedra, explicit and final doctrinal judgment given by the Pope relating to faith and morals that the doctrine is judged by the Pope to belong to revelation and connection that is certain obligation made clear of giving full interior assent to the doctrinal defined or to the rejection of prepositions condemned as directly or indirectly counter to Catholic faith. Hans Kung, prominent theologian, wrote following, 1870, the confusions are compounded today. <clears throat> he openly, publicly descended dissented from whole dogma of papal infallibility, an offense which, according to the dogmatic definition, carries penalty of excommunication. <clears throat> Bishop Sinestri, in his diary, the Pope is infallible in <coughs> defining secondary matters such as dogmatic facts, ensures censures shot of heresy and he wanted the dogmatic definition to take account of the fact. All Catholic theologians completely agree that the church in her authentic proposal and definition of truth <clears throat> is infallible and to deny this infallibility would be a grave error. The Assumption of Mary. The example of sacred tradition is the dogma of the Assumption of Mary. Dogma is a revealed truth that's solemnly defined by the church, <clears throat> a formal doctrine that the faithful are obligated to believe. In sacred scripture, the assumption of Mary means Mary was assumed, physically taken up body and soul into heaven by the divine son. <clears throat> solemnly defined, 1950, Pope Pius XII, this doctrine believed and never doubted by Catholic Christians since the time of the Apostles. <coughs> Other doctrines defined by 21 General or Ecumenical Council of the Church for Nicaea, A.D. 325 to Vatican II, 1962 to 1965. Lastly, I want to share a prayerful life is a fruitful life. St. Jerome's feast day, September 30th, reminds us, the faithful, to be a living example through the tender love of sacred scripture. I believe sacred scripture removes in us our fruitlessness, <clears throat> all the things that harm us, <coughs> harms others, it could be the wrong thoughts we have and speak to another. 
It could be our lack of tenderness that St. Jerome wants the faithful to have that scripture gives to us in and through the Liturgy of the Hours, a most powerful book of prayers meant to help us with our conversion process. To grow in faith is to grow in God. To grow in God, we live, <clears throat> truly live out our best life. Trust creates peace. Page 33 to 36 in Catholicism for Dummies, the first Vatican Council was in 1869 to 1879, also known as Vatican I, taught you need the intervention of supernatural revelation to be saved, but certain truths like the essence of God are attainable on your own power by using human reason. Page 36, life on earth is no mistake and it follows a plan. St. Thomas said that the great governor is God. Chapter one, being a Catholic means living a totally Christian life, <clears throat> having a Catholic perspective. Catholics are members of the Roman Catholic Church, which means they follow the authority of the bishop, also known as the Pope. Catholics believe that all people are basically good but sin is spiritual disease that wounded humankind initially and can kill humankind spiritually if left unchecked. <clears throat> and unfortunately, this is where we are in our culture today. People are suffering from spiritual disease and it's left unchecked and therefore it's going to the next level and the next level. And before you know it, you don't even see you have a disease. And it just spreads throughout the culture. <clears throat> and we, as Christians, are the remnant here to intercept that spiritual disease, I believe. Divine grace is the only remedy for sin, and the best source of divine grace is in the sacraments. Praise be to God, we have great priests that still give us the opportunity to go to confession so we don't have to carry that sin as a weight in our life. We can be free of that weight by going face to face with a priest and talking to him about our sins. The best source of divine grace is the sacraments which are various rites that Catholics believe have been created by Jesus and entrusted by him to his church. Catholics provide leadership in the church, individual responsibility, accountability, education, secular, and sacred sciences are high priorities. We have Catholics have forgotten. The church has been there for us from day one. The church is there for our baptism, our first holy communion, our first confession, our confirmation, our matrimony, and then to bury us. Why aren't we out there in our church supporting our priest, offering classes to our young children? Why aren't we reading books to our children that come to church? I mean, we hold the power in our hands to educate our youth. Why are we not doing that? Where are you in your walk with Jesus? He's given you this opportunity to participate in something beautiful. Don't miss it. 
You may have been baptized in the Catholic faith, but not raised a Catholic. You need to look at this and ask yourself that question. Page 342, according to the Bible, Andrew introduced Peter to Jesus and told his brother, we have found the Messiah. <clears throat> Unraveling these truths about the faith, as I am asked to by God to inspire the faithful through this podcast, let us follow St. Andrew as he did his part. Be true to God, <clears throat> be true to your post, be true to yourself, and together we will su be successful and we will bring the truth to our brothers and sisters in the world today who desperately need our guidance and our love. And I'd like to call on Padre Pio, a wonderful saint, Capuchin saint, who had the stigmata with this request for all the parishioners at our church and all the churches throughout the world, that they may be awakened to this truth and this reality, to desire to serve the church the way the church has served them, to come back as faithful Catholics, relearn their faith and teach our youth and be the example that is so desperately needed today. That is my hope, that is my prayer, and I'm going to leave you with this prayer of St. Ephraim of Syria. O Lord, master of our, my life, grant that I may not be infected with the spirit of slothfulness and inquisitiveness with the spirit of ambition and vain talking. Grant instead to me, your servant, the spirit of purity and humility, the spirit of patience and neighborly love. <clears throat> o Lord and King, bestow upon me the grace of being aware of my sins and not thinking evil of my brother. Amen.